We live? We live. We're live. I'm Corey. I'm Jordan. And this is the Corden Full Effect Podcast. And we are back. Like we never we left. We are back like we never left. Episode three. Episode, three guys. episode two in the books. Episode one in the books. I'm not going to keep counting backwards because if I forget, y'all not going to make fun of me. But this episode three, <laughs> we locked and loaded. I think we live today. Locked. Man. Okay. I'm ready. Feedback. No feedback. You guys suck. I'm right. joking. Thank we loved all of y'all have been listening to episode one and two. Please keep checking us out, guys. Mic check. Mic check. We don't know. Look, man. This audio stuff is all over the place. We are yeah. learning as we go along. Again, we're not audio engineers, but this stuff, I mean, it's a little difficult. All right, yeah. but we figured it out. Jordan almost sold his shares in the business. I did a 30-minute <laughs> mic check. He wasn't happy. So episode one, terrible. Episode two, good, but we were only coming out the left and right speaker. I was coming out the left. Jordan was coming out the right. No, no idea. Yeah. I no think, idea why. I think we good today, though. I think we fixed it, and we can't really troubleshoot that, because it came through our headphones left and right on episode two. So Exactly. <laughs> we won't know. So we're back. I think that's it. Oh, it's also not house cleaning. Knock, knock. Housekeeping? Oh, it's okay. housekeeping. My bad. So <laughs> we was cleaning and keeping. You know what I mean? Yeah, cleaning all, and keeping. All the above. So we've done, we've, done, we've done our housekeeping, and I think that's it. Locked and loaded. So we're going to... Flip back the format. We're gonna go free flow this time. All right. We just gonna talk. All right. So y'all listen. Right. So today we we gonna get in shape. Right. We gonna build them habits. All right. So we gonna talk. We're gonna start with that fitness heat, and then we're just gonna let it roll on from there. Okay. Let's do it. Right. So when it comes to fitness, what is the difference between being motivated, right, motivated to do something, and then being disciplined with it? Ah. Okay. That's a good question. All right. So when a person is motivated, right. It means you are encouraged to, to stay active, to participate in your fitness lifestyle, right? But that doesn't mean that you're necessarily doing everything that needs to be done on a consistent basis. Discipline is more of being in line and knowing exactly what needs to be done and doing it every day, regardless of how you feel, right? So it is possible to be motivated one day and, you know what I mean, do everything that needs to be done to stay in shape or meet your goal, whether it's to lose weight or gain muscle, whatever it needs, you know, whatever it is and execute, but not be motivated the next day. Right. So motivated is literally almost like a feeling Mm -hmm. disciplined is executing according to plan, regardless of how you feel that day. And you'd much rather be disciplined than motivated because there's going to be days like that where you're going to wake up, you're going to feel like you, you know, you don't feel like getting it in today. And and that happens. I'm not going to act like we're not robots, right? We're people. We're humans. It's a thing. But you want to make sure you're disciplined. You get up. You want to stay as active as possible. Get it in uh, what your plan, whatever your planned exercise is, um, increment for that day, right? So let's talk about exercise increment. So if you're working out and you want to stay, like maintain or stay in the, the, the current format in which your body is in, you want to get at least 150 active minutes um, on a weekly basis. And when I say weekly, I'm talking about calendar week. So that's seven days. 150 active minutes. Yes. I thought you were about to say a day. No, no. I know, because I was like, that's not what you said last no. time. <laughs> we're going to do our best to make sure we don't contradict ourselves. Yes. <laughs> That'd be me. Okay, 150, seven days a week or yeah. five day week? So calendar week is is how oh, the information is, is disseminated. But I, I personally, I like a five day week, right? Because okay. let's be honest, people don't want to exercise every day, right? Like, again, this is difference between being motivated and being disciplined, right? You, you're you motivated sometimes, but being disciplined is, okay, this is what I have to do to maintain, right? So mm-hmm. you, you're disciplined at least five days a week. You're probably going to take at least two days off. Uh, usually don't want them to be, I mean, it could be the weekend, right? But you try not to make those days back to back, right? Because there's a whole scientific process that your body goes through when you're inactive for, you know, about 48 hours or more. 
So you kind of want to break those those two days apart if you okay. can. Um, so yeah, 150 minutes, and you break that down across five days. Do the math, Corey. What, what's that? 30. 30, 30 don't, minutes don't, a day. Nah, nah. I'm, I'm about to say. I'm doing it because I'm doing it for my benefit because we both know how we, how I am with math. So right, episode, let's be very clear. episode two, I was a little slight, slightly messed. I've been working on my short math. But yeah, so I was saying, don't. No, nah, I'm not trying to play you, bro. I appreciate em, it. Don't embarrass me in front of our fans. <laughs> It's for, look, it's for my benefit. No joke. I'll, just, I'll be very clear because I'll be out here like twenty-seven. Like right, right. what's nine plus ten? Twenty-one. Right. <laughs> okay, stop. Got you. But that's thirty active minutes a day, guys. All right. So you want to make sure that you do some type of physical activity at least thirty minutes on those planned workout days for the week. Um, if you're trying to lose weight, create a caloric deficit, uh, gain muscle, you actually and this is a recommendation from the ACSM, the American College of Sports Medicine, guys. Um, you want to do about 250 minutes of active exercise on a on a on a calendar week, right? That's an hour. Yes, that's an hour a day. 50 minutes. Yeah, an hour a day. Yeah. So you got to get it in, which is kind of on par with what I what I would recommend, mm-hmm. right? You want to an hour is is like optimal optimal time uh, for creating that caloric deficit and, and getting in the workout that you want to do, especially if you're doing a combination of cardiovascular exercise as well as strength training, right? right. That's about 30 minutes right. each. I mean, that's the simple math. You know I what I mean? I say, see, we lock, we, synergy. That's what I was going to say, just, just cut them in half, right. 30 minutes each, 30 minutes each. <laughs> you know, stick with that 30 minute interval and just, you know, you do 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise, 30 minutes of strength training. You got your hour, do that five times a week. And usually you will create the caloric deficit that you need to hit your goal or just to stay in shape, right? So again, recap. 250 if you are trying to hit a specific goal create a caloric deficit 150 if you're just trying to maintain and stay healthy and this is of active exercise because i don't know if you know but there are two different types of exercise there's active and passive active and i have no idea what i, I didn't know that was a thing so yeah. explain for everybody including myself what the difference is okay so okay so for active exercise that's probably the one that i think most people are um aware of so those are like your your sports your plan times of going to the gym your you're running, you're um, your weightlifting, things of that nature, right? Things, a time that is specifically allotted to go execute a, a plan to to do a specific workout or something that is scripted, right? Um, that's your, your active exercise. And I think those are the ones that I think people struggle with a little bit because, you know, sometimes you just don't have time, right? But right. You're, you're trying to make sure you incorporate that into your day. So when we're talking about those measurements for uh, the 150 and the 250, that is active exercise, Okay. So you want to make sure you got 150 minutes of active exercise at least. All right. For, For those pass- of you who aren't watching this on YouTube, Jordan and I are doing a little breaking the fourth wall like Deadpool. <laughs> so if you just, we talking you just, to you. If, we just, right. if you just hear us randomly laughing, check us out on YouTube and you'll see why. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so bringing it back. So if we're talking about passive exercise, right? Passive exercise are more of these, I'm going to use my term, health conscious. We make health conscious decisions yep, throughout health conscious, the day. wealth conscious. Yeah. Yep. You know, all right. Got to stay health conscious. You make those health conscious decisions throughout the day to kind of incorporate, um, little moments of exercise, um, throughout your day. So an example of passive exercise would be, um, taking the stairs to the floor that you need to get to, to get when you're at work. Right. Mm. Um, that's one of those like health conscious decisions that I personally decide to make. So at one point in time, I was a contractor for my job. I worked on the fourth floor. And, you know, I, I was taking the elevator and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the stairs today. And I started doing that. And you'd be surprised how much stamina you build up just taking the stairs to your, you know, your your cube or your office or, you know, every day. Um, a lot of people <laughs> run out of breath going up the stairs, man. If you if you can't get up the stairs, that's a problem. Like, let's just start there. Right. If you passive exercise, 
start with just going getting getting to your desk. Right. So that's that's a good decision if you need to. Oh. Now I was gonna say so when we were talking about being able to pull up off a ledge, would that be passive? <laughs> <laughs> That is life threatening. That's a whole another category, bro. That's neither. That's neither passive nor. <laughs> okay, that was a bad joke. Look, bad if joke. you're hanging on that ledge, get up by any means necessary. All right. You better be active. As <laughs> that's when your adrenaline kicks in. You're gonna get off that ledge one yeah, way or another. That's the definition of an active exercise because you're not. You're gonna be inactive. Right. <laughs> my bad, yo. My Don't bad. be inactive because be you inactive decided not to be active. Oh right? my goodness. Oh my goodness. Look, we're too we, comfortable now. We own one today. <laughs> oh man Hmm. but yeah bringing it back full circle so those are the two categories but yeah just um doing executing a combination of both will help you achieve a more balanced lifestyle so again i i am disciplined when i decide to do my minimum of 30 minutes recommended hour workout every morning right and and active exercise is one of those things like it, it can become um really peaceful really stress alleviating if you do it consistently make it a part of your morning routine guys i tell this to the um the finally fit crew all the time shout out to the fit fam all right i tell them this all the time get up get that work in in the morning you'd be surprised how much it gets you right for your day and gets your mind right it's almost like uh just setting the the temperament for the day right like how you're going to execute you get up you 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 mentally prepare yourself when you go to the gym right because remember we're going to the gym we're staying time efficient when we're in the gym we're going to execute. We're going to go on with a plan. We're going to hit our, our cardio as well as our strength training. We get in, we get out. But I said all that to say it's 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 really one of those things that, that kind of just gets your mind right. Uh, I, I recommend it in addition to, you know, some people get up, they read, they do like morning affirmations. Mine is working out, right? Like some people do, you know, they, they sit there, read, they get their coffee. I got to get to the gym every morning to make sure I start my day off right. Right. So do you feel not you, but in general, do people feel better when they work out in the morning or when they work out in the evening? Or is that like some type of science behind that? That's a good question, bro. So take it from somebody who favors both, right? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're supposed to pick a side. Yeah, I favor both, right? And it, it, there are pros and cons to each side. Um, I would say working out in the morning, um, you, you, you tend to build up more of a structured routine, you get it and you get it out the way. I think that's one of the biggest benefits of working out in the AM versus the PM. Um, when you get it out the way, if, if I decide, you know, I have a rough day at work, uh, the kids are driving you crazy. You just, uh, you know, whatever happens, the stresses throughout the day don't impact the fact that I've already gotten my minimum of 30 minutes of exercise out of the way. If I decide I get home at six o'clock, I don't have any other obligations for the day. I don't have to do anything if I don't want to. Right. That's that's the main pro of working out in the morning. Um, but then there's working out the evening, which, which also has its benefits, right? Uh, if you, if you're just not a morning person, a lot of people, I mean, I was not a morning person for a long time. Like it it, it had to grow on me. Like, I mean, we wake up at 5am now. I mean, you know, a lot of time the sun's not even up yet. And you you have to get your mind right to be able to do that. was the first, I will say the first two weeks will probably be the roughest patch of adjusting your schedule because you got to get up, you got to, you know what I mean? You got to mentally prepare to get in and get the work in, right? So that 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 takes a little while, but once you get it in, it, it's it's good. That that nighttime workout though, you usually got the whole gym to yourself, you know what I mean? Which is also 
also a benefit, right? Like most of the time, like you, maybe we were talking about, uh, I know last episode we were talking about uh, dodging that person who does the, uh, <laughs> the 400. Yeah. The person who skips leg day. Exactly. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about those people if you're working out, you know, they're 10, not, I mean, 11 o'clock at the night. Yeah, they're going to be I in mean, gym for five hours. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they might still be there, yeah, but <laughs> they might still be there actually. So maybe <laughs> <laughs> you might have to worry about them, but no, yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, you're, you're, there are less distractions at nighttime, right? Mm-hmm. You can isolate, you can kind of, Take your time if need be. Um, the problem is the the wind down afterwards. So so usually, uh, working out at nighttime, you'll have to, you'll have to stretch out your schedule. You'll be up longer, right? And we talk about how important sleep is to the recovery after after your workout. So you want to make sure you get enough sleep. But it's it's hard to do that if you're going to the gym at ten, getting out. Let's say you know you do your your sixty seventy five minutes. So you're getting out at eleven fifteen eleven thirty, right? Then you're a lot of times your body, your blood is flowing. You're you're almost like wired up, right? So there's like a decompression period you have to go through before you can actually like sleep peacefully. Mm-hmm. And that that you know that that varies from person to person, but that could take a while. So for me, I'm up. You know, like I I mean again, why I prefer to do in the morning. I, I wake up after I work out, right? So if I'm doing that at 11:15 p.m. at night, I got at least an hour before you know what I mean. I'm ready for bed, and then I'm not going to sleep till 12:15, and I'm still trying to get up at you know five o'clock exactly so what are we looking at what four hours 45 minutes of sleep like right that's right. not optimal we talked about sleep cycles before right like that's not it so you need at least four to six hours recommend it right yeah so. and when you're talking about staying motive motivation versus discipline that's a really short term versus long term because when you're motivated to start right so like the honeymoon phase or really in fitness selling gym memberships which i did for two weeks at la fitness i, I didn't sell a single <laughs> membership but regardless the sales people used to sell the most, you know, towards the end of the year, beginning of the year, because everyone has their New Year's resolutions. Right. Right. So everyone's all motivated to lose weight. But and then you, and you'll notice that's when the specials come out, too. Just, right. Just nah, so you're aware, like there's always a discount around New Year's. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Let me be clear. They're not specials. And I'm not speaking from L.A. Fitness standpoint because I'm not trying to get sued. But in general, based off the training I had, there are no specials. They okay. just elect when they want to offer that deal. Like the deals are already there. They just don't offer them to you through the year. Oh, so wow. like Mother's Day is coming up, right? There's no Mother's Day special. It's already in their system. They're just choosing when to offer it. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the scams. Oh, talking about <clears throat> budgets. C- cancel your gym membership if you're not going. Talk yeah. about Those are hard to cancel, too. Listen, it- <laughs> a, a gym i don't i don't want to say any names but a gym made me show up in person during a pandemic to cancel my gym membership uh, yeah you how, can't how does that work man look gym memberships don't play you know but what I mean? back to staying motivated and disciplined motivated short term like you're saying eventually right you say motivated i'm gonna get up at 5 a.m 5 a.m then one day you're not going to want to get up and that's when the discipline, discipline comes in so discipline is for your long-term goals and then the same thing with finances right right you'd be motivated to get out of debt and get on a budget, right? You got that short-term burst of energy and then something's going to happen. You got to stay disciplined. A sale is going to happen, right? You're going to want to make some type of purchase. Exactly. And that's talking about really just building habits, right? In short, that's also another way to stay disciplined. Right. You got to build your habits so you can go through the times when you're going to have less less energy and feel less motivated. Right. When you feel less motivated, that's when your discipline comes into play. Exactly, man. It's all about building those habits, right? Yes. We got to make sure we stay locked in. Because the goal is to be able to sustain, right? You, you, motivation might might get you on the path, but it's not going to take you the distance to finish the race, right? right. Being you can't sustain that high level of energy. I mean, you can you, try to, but to you'll burn, you'll burn, that's that's what burnout comes from. Exactly, and you don't want to burn out. Don't want to burn out financially. Don't want to burn out from yeah. a fitness perspective, right? right? Well, if you work with me, I'm going to burn you out financially, and that's not <laughs> that's not 
intentional. I mean, no, see, I'm just going to do my best not to lie, but also not cuss. It isn't very intentional, but it's because the lifestyle you likely want to have and the money you want to have, you can't lift that weight yet. And so I'm trying to get you to that mm. point as fast as mm. possible. Right. You want to go on vacation, take trips now. Okay. The entire budgets, exactly. nothing's in there. If you look from the, so to tie that back into fitness, you know you you want to do three three fifty. You want to put three plates on the bench on your first day. All right, I mean, good luck. You know what I mean. I, I'll help you as much as I can, but you got to lift the weight, right? right? Or, you got to do the fitness, or you got to do the financial journey, yeah, right? Or summer body loading, and you're starting now. <laughs> How many abs? <laughs> <laughs> If, Ain't enough core. Again, it's right, not enough core right. exercise. If you think about burnout, right? If you want, you know, summer body and you're starting late spring, you're gonna have to, depending on where you're at, you're gonna have to put in a lot of work. A lot of work to get those abs in. So, but see how we? It, synonymous, it's synonymous, man. See, you got that's it. what. Whatever. Give Y'all us our credit. Listening. Give right. us our credit. Give us our credit. The finance and fitness always are late. Exactly. So we were talking about questions. I did put up a question. Only one person or asked a question on IG and only got one. And the question was, how do you so we need to up. make we need to make sure y'all 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 ask y'all questions, guys. All right. right. Yeah, because what, what's not going to happen is y'all not ask any questions and we're just on here rambling and then in ten years you talking about I don't got no money. Okay. I'm gonna post a screenshot of you taking a vacation during the pandemic. <laughs> that that's the He's one not thing. Lying, though. Word is you can't delete anything off the internet. Millennials better hope that's not true. Because when we're in our 40s and 50s and y'all saying, oh, I don't have money for my kid's college fund, best believe I'm going to your Twitter and I'm pulling up your vacation during 2020. And then we're going to make sure we pull up these highlights from Instagram where we ask questions or asked you to ask questions and you said nothing. Right. Shout out to Gary V. Internet timestamps. We See, it's not no it's no longer our fault. It's not. Right. We we get we'll answer your questions for free. Now, again. If you get get what you pay for exactly. what do we know nothing you know, but at the end of the day we we're just here. got proven track records right. and we're health and well, uh finance enthusiasts right. you know we, a, we do this right i haven't started it yet well you know when it comes to the financial disagreements you're all gonna have to start pulling up your mint i don't i don't uh, do the no i don't like this <laughs> and that whatever just show me the results i'm to the point now where if we're trying to work together and we just disagree to where we can't move forward long term, uh-huh. that's cool. I wish you the best. But instead of telling me how much you disagree with me, go find the people that agree with you, build a team with them. And then if we happen to have to compete in the future, better be ready to lace up because over here, look, <laughs> we all four quarter shooters out here. All right. Because over here on this team, I mean, in general, we're trying to be as financially stable as possible. We're trying to be as financially and financially fit as as <laughs> as, as, as financially fit. we are we're, we're trying to be as healthy as possible. Yes. And then we're also from a defense standpoint, exercise your Second Amendment as legally as you possibly can in whatever state you live in. We're not we're not well versed on that. We'll have to have our HQL instructor come on. We will. But we Definitely will have to pay us a visit. But if you're not on t- on our team, in short, our team is a team with money. We in shape and we got guns. And, and we got dis- keep that thing on us. <laughs> and, and, if, and if you disagree with us, that means your team is a team that has no money, is out of shape, and don't got no guns. Exactly. If we got to play y'all, we're going to blow y'all out. Like real talk. No, see, that sounds violent. But <laughs> no, it's all serious, though. When it comes to your team, you don't want to be the team that everybody can't wait to play. You want to be the team that everybody can't wait to beat. Exactly. And look, y'all not even see. Y'all ever did Oklahoma's a football and you trying to move out of line to get out of out of out of the way of the person who's a who's a linebacker? You right. don't you don't want to hit us. Right. Okay. For those of y'all who played sports growing up, if y'all was on one of the best teams, y'all know y'all had a team on your schedule. It was like, bruh, we we're gonna 
we are going to blow them out when we play them. You don't want to be that team. Exactly. You want to be the team that everybody can't wait to beat. All right, that's how my high school was. Everybody knew they had to play us in the playoffs. They would beat us because we would lose, but everybody knew they were going to have to see us. Exactly. Right? They knew, you know, we're not going to be no easy, you know, no easy dub. Right. But then there are some schools where, you know, sideline Corey, that's where it comes from. I'm getting in, and I we can't wait to see, I can't wait to see them. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the team you want, though. Don't be the team that everybody can't wait to play. Exactly. Be the team that everybody can't wait to beat. If you're on my schedule and I write you down as automatic dub, you're not doing something right. Right. You're not okay. doing something right. But back again, like I said, on Instagram, um, I put up what's the, however it is on Instagram. You asked a question, so I got one question, and the question was, "How do you stay disciplined enough to create a budget and follow it when you are single?" Mm-hmm. And I got clarity to make sure this wasn't directed to me personally; it was just in general. Nah, definitely in general. So I don't know. I'm lying. Back to what I always say. I told Jordan before we started this in general. I'm going to repeat myself, and I'm going to tell y'all this now. I don't say, I'm not going to say anything new. You know, once I say it once, I'm just going to repeat it again. If you want to stay disciplined on a budget when you're single, the way to do it is first thing I always recommend build a team. Yeah. <laughs> build a team. <laughs> Got to build a team around. If you're single, why would you be out here trying to do it by yourself? Exactly. First thing you do, build a team. Second thing, what's the second thing I recommend? Mental makeup. Mental makeup. <laughs> Got to figure out how you work psychologically. Okay. And then that's going to determine how motivated you can be and how disciplined you can be. And when you understand that, that'll be able to let you know where you have strengths and weaknesses when it comes to doing your budget. Okay. And again, if you're like, I always say I'm single. So Jordan's married. So he has another, another vote. Well, he doesn't really have a vote. He does. I, but yeah. <laughs> I do, but I don't. <laughs> but when you're single, right, we have the, bud, have the, bu- I have the, bud- I have a budget meeting, but it's just me. So when I'm ready to make a decision, all in favor, say I, I say I <laughs> is a done deal. And the decision is made, right? So for those you know who are married, you know you got to have that little squabble about what you, you guys. And it's less of a squabble. It's more like a conversation, but it's one of those ones where like one doesn't equal one. Like you, if you're a husband, you know your 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 one is less than her one. Okay, right. but they did some number. What's like, hers? <laughs> what's yours is hers, and what's hers is, is hers. hers. Right? It was yours is ours, but you you don't have nothing. Right? That's that's not true, but you know that's just how it ends up working. Right? Happy wife, happy life. Yep. No, but yeah, you want to have the team around you. You want to figure out your mental makeup. And then, you know, explicitly from my perspective, again, I'll say I'm two for one, really three for one, because when we talk about the team, you don't not just supposed to have a team around you. We talk about all those different positions on the team. Right. So I come in and fill that ad hoc financial little piece. So I can't. And then for me, my financial coaching, as I always say, I'll always go back to the budget. Right. So that's three for one, right? I feel the financial spot on my team. Then on top of that, I always talk about the budget if and when I can. Uh-huh. And on top of that, me, you know, doing it for myself. And so I don't want to be a hypocrite. As you said, I just didn't come to y'all like, yo, let's get our money right. And I haven't executed like anything in any form or fashion. So that's what I did first, you know, you know, just me sticking on a budget and again, understanding my me- mental makeup. So talk about the disc enneagram and the ocean test Mm -hmm. so for the disc i actually you can take all these tests for free again i should plug myself you can follow me on sideline the at sideline underscore quarry Uh i have my link tree and something there called the financial side startup kit and it's got links to all these tests the free version of these links um so for the disc i actually took the paid version of that Mm. so the disc is i don't know what the d i s c stand for but i'm a c on that 
which is more the compliance type of thing. And so like always following the rules. And so, like I said, I took the paid version. So like, you know, it's like over a hundred questions you take to really figure out what your mental makeup is for the disc. So what's the free version look like? The free version is 20. The one I have, I have linked the last time I used it. It's 25 questions. Okay. And it's like I said, I took the paid version. So I know what I test for real on it. And it's, it's pretty accurate. I mean, it's not as, as many questions, but see, I've taken so many of the tests. I sort of try to, I know, I know what the, the different options. Yeah, there's no right. wrong answer, so I know. <laughs> I was like, nah, it's not like this. It's sort of like the uh, the love language test. Okay. And that one that has like gift giving, active service. Right. I, that's not me at all. So the only time I get points on those when it's like only an active service question. Gotcha. You know, so I do my best to avoid those type. But no, so I'm high. I'm high C, and now as I've gotten older, I've transitioned more to a D, which is more sort of like leadership type things, but C C and D are on the same side. So it's disc D I S C, Mm -hmm. but D and C touch each other and then D and I touch each other. And then, C and S touch each other. So gotcha. some people can be C and some people can, D, can be D, right? So I'm high C, high in compliance. You port that over to the ocean test, which is openness, uh, conscientiousness for C, ex, um, extrovert, mm-hmm. and then agreeableness, and then neuroticism. So for C, conscientiousness, I am like always 90, 95 percentile. And conscientiousness, what's that happen to be? Like always having the quote unquote right answer. So that, so, <laughs> so he locked in, right? So you can see how this applies to the budget, right? Compliant, right? Following directions, and then math, finance, right? Always having the right answer, and then on top of that, um, I'm low in agreeableness, which means disagreeable. Right. Or no, people know me like, oh, well, what are the chances? <laughs> <laughs> Corey's that friend that you need, though. Hey. Like he would look. He's gonna tell you the truth, regardless of what, what whether it's what you want to hear or not, and that's see, that's what you want, right? We got that explicit tag, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, in the future, I want people to see that we don't be cussing on here and that we cannot cuss and still bring valuable information. Yes. But, yeah, y'all be out here being punks. <laughs> <laughs> Good word choice. I, I crack myself up. No, but no, I'm low in agreeableness. Right. And then on top of that, I'm also super low in neuroticism and neuroticism is sensitivity to negative emotion. So the higher you are, the more sensitive. So if I'm not sensitive to negative emotion. I'm highly disagreeable and I'm always about getting the right answer. That sounds like a jerk, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, if you put it like that. And see, now people are like, listen, it's like, oh, yeah, now you should probably take your these tests so you can understand. Because when I was growing up, people used to say I was mean. I was like, y'all are mean for saying I'm mean. But, <laughs> <laughs> but oh, as man. as I got older, and again, it still, t- still ties into the budget. Like, as you can see, being high in conscientiousness, low in agreeableness, low in neuroticism. It's like the budget is what it is. Mm-hmm. So in short, being low in neuroticism, when I can't take vacations, right, and post my FOMO social media posts, right, right that could be you know, negative emotion just based on the society we're in. Well, I have low sensitivity to that. So I'm good. I'm like, no, I'm not even going to say. But I'm, I'm good not posting it because I don't, you know, everybody has insecurities, but it just doesn't affect me that much. And also being disagreeable. I don't care if you say I should post it. <laughs> we disagree exactly right and then on top of that my budget how i operate my finances mm-hmm. you, you we try to tell me all the time like i should do it. and i'm like how many times do you tell me i should do something i'm like it's not in the budget yeah and you're like Corey, you have enough money to put in the budget i'm like well nah no <laughs> and that that goes to the compliant the compliance part of it for the disc test and so um again also as jordan said you need that friend a lot of people say they don't have an F to give, right? Like, I got zero. No, 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 no. I'm undefined. Like, I don't know how to give one. See, 
And see, I didn't know that. I used to think I had zero to give. No, I don't know how to give one because I don't. It's not even I don't care. I don't know how. That's more sympathy. I am empathetic, right, with future you. Right. But that that's how you know all that. And I'm going deep in this. to So when I say you should know your mental makeup so that y'all see I at least know but, what my. <laughs> but you see, it explains how, how you work. Right, like, how you literally. operate. Because they say uh, finances is um, 80, 80% behavior, 20%, you know, head knowledge. Again, Pareto distribution. And that behavior, right, that's how you, your mental makeup, how you, how you behave with things. So I'm good with. I got. We got to put the belt on here one day. But I got my finance belt when I was getting out of debt, and it, <laughs> it's like you know when your shoes are talking. My belt was doing that. Well, not doing. I still have it. It just it does that. Because <laughs> guess what? It still serves its purpose. Right. So guess what we loop. do? We keep yeah. it. I'm at work. You know, I'm not a model. You know, I'm not trying to show off for nobody. You know, I'm not trying to win best dress. So I don't care. You know, the belt is. You know, it is what it is. Then when it comes to the enneagram, I haven't studied this one as much. I still have to read a book on this or two books. But I'm an eight, which stands for challenger. <laughs> <laughs> What they got a couple of different names for him, but what you know, what are the chances that it's an eight? Then when y'all made the joke that I was a black Dave Ramsey, he's a freaking eight. <laughs> <laughs> so you locked in. Oh my goodness. So eight challenger again, they're all saying, you know, high in compliance, things like that. Now again, just like I said with the disc, you can bleed over to certain ones. So same thing with the, the ocean is five different things. So you're just really ranking on a scale. Right. And but same with the uh, Enneagram. You're like one thing, say I'm an eight, and then I think it goes to two and four. Like you're also like two other things, depending if you're in a you know in a stress situation or in a positive or negative situation, you might flip gotcha. uh, to another thing, which is important too, because when it comes to handling your finances, depending if you're in a low or high stress situation, you need to know your mental makeup and how you're going to conduct yourself. And the same thing with the team, your team should know that too. That way, when they're helping you with your finances. They can see because they're going to be less emotionally involved than you are. Not they don't care, but it's not going to be like when you're actually having to make the purchase and be like, yeah, you're, you know, this is coming down the pipe and you might want to look out for this. So that's how you should handle your finances or how you can handle your finances when you're single and stay disciplined. As I always say, build a team Mm -hmm. around you, figure out your mental makeup and that mental makeup is how you're going to execute the budget. Another way to stay disciplined, be an adult grow up see <laughs> see i didn't i didn't breathe heavy this time but i took a pause being an adult when it comes to finances most of you are not disciplined and mm. well, that, wait, hold on hold on, hold on. <laughs> we go rewind it back we're not just gonna skip past that rewind it back for the people in the back please i, I didn't mind. even say nothing big when like, it comes to finances most of you are not disciplined and when i say you i mean all of the united states of america there's a whole bunch of different stats out there. How many people have a thousand dollars? Who can afford a four hundred dollar emergency without using a credit card? All paycheck to paycheck, everything you want to say, is again Pareto distribution. Almost eighty percent of people are broke. I got an eighty percent chance of you not having money, and then even if you think you quote unquote do have money, I bet you won't let me stress test your finances. Mm. Remember when I? Well, I, we haven't gotten to generational wealth and investment yet, but when we get there, I'm. Most of y'all are underfunding your retirement. In short, if you're not putting 15% away in your retirement, it's being underfunded. Uh, Corey might not even have to stress test your finances. Right now, we are in a pandemic. <laughs> your finances have been stress tested. And let's be honest, half of y'all aren't cutting it. Okay? Like, let's, I mean, I'm trying to be nice, but it is what it is. Like, I mean, if you're waiting for the next STEMI right now, I mean, you, 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 you weren't ready. Okay? Right. I got, I got a whole bunch of different sayings. But again, you're not anxious and depressed. You're just broke. Financial, like, stress. Yeah, I'm so again. I'm keep repeating myself. Stress leads to anxiety. Anxiety leads to depression. Depression leads to suicide. So if you are under tremendous amounts of financial stress, 
logically in that pipeline or flowchart, it makes sense that you would be anxious and depressed. So let's try and remove the financial stress out of your life. Fight me on that. No, I still want to be financially stressed. Okay, genius. Good. <laughs> Good. I don't understand. I would. I try to help people get more money, and then they don't want to listen, and then they complain about things that root causes because they have. <laughs> We're laughing too much, but this is this is where it's at. This is full effect. Some, as I said, some of the stuff y'all be saying don't make no sense. Not at all, guys. So yeah, most people aren't disciplined, whether you're married or single. When it, and then talk joint finances is on there, right? Is Did, joint finance on the question? No, 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 not today, no, not today. Yeah. Okay, but that that's one of the things too. It's even worse if you're married and neither. Yeah, you got to be like minded first of all. But if neither one of you guys are coached in the way of you know preserving your finances, I mean, it's it's like sinking two ships at at the same time. Like, yeah, and yeah. you don't want to do that. A lot of you should not be married to the person you're married to you should have went through significant marriage counseling and you didn't. And if you marry someone who you cannot get on the same financial page with, please. Number one cause of divorce. People fight on this. They say, some people say it's sex, right? Cheating. But then some people say it's money. Guess what the funny thing is? There's one word that sums up both of those cheating and money issues. What do you know what it is? What's that? Infidelity. Okay. When you get cheated on, right, that triggers one part of your brain. When someone, there's some type of financial issues, it triggers the same part of your brain at the same stress level. So people mm-hmm. feel getting cheated on and any type of financial infidelity mm-hmm. the same way. For those of you who don't think finances is infidelity, there's a company called Fidelity. Oh, my Jesus. Mm, tying it all <laughs> together. You see how that linked right there? We like Legos. We're building up foundations today. Yeah, so the main reason for divorce is infidelity, right? In any kind, however you want to slice it. And if you get married to someone and y'all can't come together on your finances, boy, we'll save that for later, though, and go into that when we get to joint accounts. Got you. Right. All right. So but are you good? I, I do got a, I got a couple questions. You have you a couple it? questions. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's good on discipline. I mean, I can, again, your team and your mental makeup and really a lot of people set goals from, that's what I said from the finance standpoint, you do from the fitness standpoint. Who cares what Jordan and I want you to do? What do you want to do? And then we'll help you figure out how to achieve that. And then when you don't achieve it, guess whose fault it is? Yours. Yours. We're gonna we're gonna there's gonna be a lot more pausing. You ever seen Dora the Explorer and when she asks you a question and she just kinda wait? (laughs) That's what we on today. Give you guys a chance to pause it, you know, and really take this in and think about it. All you know, all twenty five of you that are listening to it, shout out to y'all. But you know Hopefully we'll be at thirty next week. Yeah, thirty next (laughs) week. But I mean, but honestly, I say set your own goal. And that's what I did with, excuse me, with the finances. When we get into that investing in generational wealth, because I love, love mm. talking about offense and making money. Well, I'm about to right. I said, I'm, I got a lot of, a lot of married men going to be upset. When we start talking about investing and like actually having money, y'all don't even want to know how much money it takes to do that stuff. Just offer of what you want to do. But we'll save that for later. That's, that's a that's that's a whole thing that that'll be one episode and i'll make it very clear and we're going to do that gotcha. but that's one thing okay. so yeah that's good on discipline you know when you make a decision yeah. like i do my mental makeup i know when i make one i'm gonna do it because that's how i work yeah. for those of you who aren't wired that way gotta have a team around you that can help you accountability partners i think i know what my personality type is but i should probably officially take the test just right so we can see what you out. shouldn't have done is said that you haven't 
took it yet on the podcast. Now I feel embarrassed. Nah, <laughs> I joking. mean, look, <laughs> you already told me that on the phone. It is. Oh no, no, it is what it is. I'm, I'm like, I'm keeping one. Keep it one hundred. I say that sometimes. I be like, you be like. I think I know. Like, no, make me feel good. Let, let, everybody, <laughs> let everybody know my my coaching just doesn't help you. You're also going to retain the information. So <laughs> make me proud. Make God me proud. You. No, but yeah, that's it. So you said you had a question. Now? I do. Or you have questions? I have questions. Two or more? Yes, plural. Okay. okay. So I know you talked about the financial house before. We talked about okay. laying that down. Um, so I think we kind of highlighted on an emergency fund. But I guess what I'm asking is, what constitutes as an emergency like when when do you actually qualify to use your emergency fund right do you have any more fitness stuff you want to do because this i know I, this, go, now, go, go ahead i mean i'm like i'm fine this could be it it's, it's, it's all good look because <laughs> i think this is an important one right because yes I, and i don't i don't want to answer for you but no. i think that financial house and the emergency fund tie together so yeah, i want people do. to kind of grasp that concept where right the emergency again, financial house. This is something I made up. Gotta get with our lawyer and figure out how I can copyright this. Financial house is all me. Four walls. I didn't make that up. But you need a roof and you need roof. You need a roof and you need a floor or a basement. All right. So floor would be insurance in this case. Excuse me. Emergency fund. For the emergency fund, is what I recommend is saving that for those who want to pay off their debt after they pay off their consumer debt. Okay. Right. So you follow the Dave Ramsey method. Baby step one is a thousand dollars. Then you pay off all your debt in baby step two. Then baby step three, you save three to six months of an emergency fund. Gotcha. Okay. So that's not now we're building your floor, building your basement. And you're talking about like what constitutes an emergency, right? To each their own. To me, the only thing what I define as an emergency mm-hmm. is something that is truly unplanned, right? But that is something your insurance wouldn't cover. So, okay. right. Cause if you have a medical emergency, you would use your medical insurance. Right. And right. remember what's the fifth thing in the financial house, your insurance. Okay. That, which outranks your emergency fund. Gotcha. Excuse me. So before you have your emergency fund, quote unquote saved, you would make sure you have the proper insurance in place. Right. Remember talking about having car insurance right on top of like that. Right. And people are underinsured on their car insurance. They don't have enough liability. You gotta be first. You would be, Make sure you're not underinsured. And then so let's say something like stick with a car. I said, you know, your tires go out. Mm -hmm. That's not an emergency because it is emergency is something that is unplanned. Right. Regardless of the degree, it has to be unplanned for it to be constituted as emergency. It is planned that you are going to need new tires. Now, we don't know when, but it's not a surprise. Like, oh, no, I have to get new tires on my car. You can talk about a house. Right. Your HVAC system. Let's say your heat goes out. I can promise you, like I said, your heat is going to go out. Right. So you should already have that money set aside now. So I was telling you breaking down like so if it's so if it's set aside, then it no longer constitutes to be an emergency. Got the money there okay. now for me because I've I've listened to plenty of people say who take the debt payoff route and mm-hmm. they say the emergency fund after they pay off all their debt, they say, hey, I can pay off all my debt, but I can't save the emergency fund. So I was like, oh, it's the same thing, right? You, you just keep doing it. So for the emergency fund, that three to six months. That is, well, let's first clarify three to six months on which end you should be on that way. Gotcha. And have that nipped in the butt. Okay. Three months would mean it is the least, but that means you're very, excuse me, unlikely to lose your job, right? Okay. And then six months in, likely to lose your job. And sure, that's would be, and then that's just in general. Obviously, six, I mean, six months is 
twice three months gotcha. so you'd be you'd be you know bigger safety net quote unquote so it'd be like six months would be like a more high risk situation yeah high risk months. situation if you're like a contractor right like i mean it ha- look if you're a, if you're a contractor happens. right or you're in sales now that sort of goes into a hill valley account which is different from an emergency fund but you know if you're like something in sales where you don't get the same paycheck every month you know you right. get paid whatever you get paid in the year right or you might get your bonus check that is like twenty thirty thousand dollars if you're in sales you know at the end of the year gotcha. you only budget for that that's so it's not consistent right and like i said this is the general information you have to reach out to me so i can tell you like exactly what to do and how to manage it before that three to six months you save that as fast as possible okay just like how if you know crazy getting out of debt I mean, the emergency fund, it shouldn't even be a discussion on whether or not you save it fast or quickly. You should, if you don't have an emergency fund, you should stop paying for anything that isn't debt or necessities if you're still going to have debt and save up your emergency fund for emergencies. Gotcha. But that three to six months for me, uh-huh. as I've been listening to people who pull from their emergency fund, right? Right. And like, oh no, now I don't have money in the emergency fund. They'll pull money from their emergency fund for HVAC, for their tires, you know, things that are known to happen, but you don't know when they're going to happen. For me, that three to six months of expenses saved up for your emergency fund, that's just so that if you lose your job, your kids don't know. That's it. That's not, it's not actually, that's, it's an emergency if you lose your job. Right. But that's just so you can have a cash flow or a burn rate of three to six months out of emergency fund. Gotcha. When you have something like HVAC tires, you know, et cetera, maintenance type things, mm-hmm. you would have that not in a separate account, but that's a, a separate, I mean, that's more money on top of it. So let's just say your expenses is, Five thousand dollars, Jesus, that's a lot. Let me drop down to three. Most people's not five. Five K. Look what they what they what they doing, Corey? <laughs> Let me drop it down to three. So okay. right, six months of that, right? It's eight, it'd be eighteen thousand dollars. Gotcha. Right. That's just so if you were to lose your job for six months, you would be able to essentially take a paycheck, maintain quality right? of life, right? So your kids, so your kids don't notice. Mom and dad, you know, right? right? But so you know, but this is young kids, by the way. I mean, you got middle schoolers, high schoolers. They're gonna, they're gonna see it. But this is enough for your small children. Gotcha. And you would take that. Now, what happens is, imagine if you had that three to six months, and that's all you have, eighteen thousand dollars. Right. And then your HVAC goes out, and it's five thousand, and you pull it from your eighteen. Now you have eleven. Okay. And this happens. Your heat goes out in February of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you have eleven thousand dollars, and now you have to save back up to eighteen. Because as soon as you pull from your emergency fund, the first thing you do is get it back up. Gotcha. Well, now that you have eleven thousand dollars in February twenty twenty, what happens in March of twenty twenty? The you pandemic. Put- <laughs> <laughs> now, where just it's gone. Right. It's not there. So that's that's what because that's that's what I hear. Not right. that. I am for saving up three to six months and leaving mm-hmm. it there. And it's okay to take from that emergency fund from your HVAC. But the issue is too many people have taken, you know, their heating, replacing money from their three to six months emergency fund. And then like an, a true emergency happens right. where you lose your job or you have, even if you're not underinsured medically, but you know, you have, um, what's it called? Your deductible of how much you're out of pocket limit. Right. Right. And that's the one thing too. That's, that's what I truly recommend. You save up, your deductible for um, what's the car collision, mm-hmm. right? If you hit somebody, whatever that deductible is, five twenty five hundred, and then times two, right? If you're married, and then you also save up your out of pocket limit. So let's say that's ten thousand dollars, right? Right, and then your deductible is twenty five hundred. So you would have twelve thousand five hundred dollars on top of your eighteen thousand. Gotcha. But you don't save that twelve thousand at the same rate you saved that three to six months for the eighteen thousand. So just to backtrack for people who aren't familiar how insurances work, you have to pay what's called a deductible or an out of pocket limit anytime you have to exercise your 
insurance, right? Whether it be car, um, whether usually your homeowner insurance, yeah, medical. Uh, medical, all yeah. that type of stuff. You have now to pay a certain amount out of pocket before, the, and then your insurance covers the rest. Right. So Corey says you need that on standby. Yeah. There's no out of pocket limit. I don't know all car insurance, but most car insurance doesn't have an out of pocket limit. The out of pocket limit is mainly for like medical, and you know it depends, you know, on what your um, your job has for all the different um, insurance options. Mm-hmm. But that out of pocket limit, and we are not well versed on insurance. Nobody is. You just kind of know <laughs> <laughs> what they tell you and hope is true. But that out of pocket limit, your deductible is included in that, right? So your deductible is, you know, whatever you have to pay every time you have to use your insurance based right. on how it's set up. But then. You have an out-of-pocket limit, and that means the most amount of money you have to pay in that cycle, which is usually a year for your insurance. Gotcha. So imagine it's ten thousand dollars, right? And your insurance covers, you know, everything, but you still have to pay ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Once you pay your ten thousand dollars, if you're properly insured, they're going to pay everything ten thousand and a penny more. Gotcha. Right? But imagine worst-case scenario in this. Your insurance, not that it lapses, but it goes into the, the new cycle for the year. Right. And you're still in the hospital. Now your out of pocket limit starts again. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So now <laughs> you got to have another 10K, right? right? So then in okay. this case, right, let's say you got a, the 18,000 and mm-hmm. like, boom, I got the 10,000, but it's a significant medical issue, right? Somebody's in a coma, unfortunately, something like that. Right. Then it starts back over. Now you owe another 10,000. You don't got 10. You got 8,000 because you just spent 10, 10. out of it. And that's that's that's, gotcha. that's why I recommend having that other money set aside, mainly your out of pocket limit and your deductible, and then for your car, and then you know things around the house. You know, depends. Obviously, if you if you're renting, you don't need to have that set aside. But for homeowners or people want to be homeowners, you know, you put that money aside. Also, thing with emergency fund too, if you can, you put that money aside before you enter the situation. So let's say you're about to get a car for the first time. Mm-hmm. You want to have your deductible already set aside. So if you get in an accident on the first day you have your license, which a lot of people do, mm. you have the deductible. <laughs> <laughs> drive better, guys. You I mean, have the you deductible on be your careful. first day. Yes, drive better on your first day. But, you know, that stuff happens. So that's why I recommend that because I've heard so many people have the emergency fund in place and then they get sucked down from quote unquote non-emergencies and then an emergency happens and then they have no money. And guess what they get back into? Debt. Debt. Mm. And we don't want to be there. <laughs> that's what I was talking about, the defense versus offense. You know, de- defense always travels on the road. Once, I mean, if you got all-time defense, you really don't need. Defense wins what? Championships. Offense wins games. But if you got an all-time defense, you don't really got to do but so – you just don't got to mess up on offense. And that's what happens with your finances. You got the proper insurance in place. You have an emergency fund. And, again, for me, emergency fund is a high cash position. And then on top of that, you actually have cash saved, so you can cash flow things with a high cash position. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can protect all your investments because you never want to have to liquidate your investments before you have to and or create a taxable event when you don't have to, which would be like withdrawing from your 401k and taking a loan right. to cover some medical issue or some housing issue or the pandemic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And that also creates a what, Corey? A taxable event? Right? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, look, we got time for that? No, we don't want to. Look, okay. not talking about taxes right now. Okay. We already told you on the first two, no taxable events if you don't have to. And again, Dave, Dave again, he doesn't recommend you invest until you have your emergency fund saved. Right. The, la- the last thing you want to do is pull from your 401k because you elected to neglect your emergency fund. That's what most people do. They don't have an emergency fund saved and so they take the money from their 401k. It's like, just save for the emergency fund. It's going to cost you less money. Right. What? Makes sense to me. We're in the pandemic now, so the rules have changed, so I really haven't memorized them, but you know, they're 
they're less um, less you know penalties right. for taking things out due to COVID. But this is it sounds like everything's about to end this year. Mm-hmm. So when we're on podcasts like fifty or something, we back to we back the government at least is back to the the same yeah. rules pre COVID exactly, and that stuff hit hard. But yeah, that's it for the emergency fund. Got you. Now I appreciate that, no, bro. Yeah. You know. So those out there who were wondering, I know I was on exactly what constitutes an emergency because because what Corey's saying is if if you're prepared for everything, right, you you necessarily shouldn't have to tap into that emergency fund until an actual emergency happens. And a lot of us, I think, are confused on what we thought an emergency was. Right. So yeah, I mean, the only real emergency is a medical emergency. That I mean, every every that's the one that that's number one on should be number one on everyone's list. A medical emergency. The other only emergency I say you find you feed yourself first, then you feed your house, then you feed your car. I mean, if if you get in a car accident and you're okay, another person's okay, that's not an emergency. I mean, it's, it's a car. And this is talking about you know prioritizing your goals. Right. Two people have flipped. <laughs> <laughs> We we might not. I mean, we we know how to talk about car accidents, but maybe we're a little less less sensitive. So we we're gonna segue from that, right? We're gonna right. go right right into this next one right okay. so we, we're talking about emergency funds so next question is protecting our, our loved ones right so okay. h- how do we go about properly protecting properly. our loved ones financially right, right. you just want so. me to go more in depth to the financial house why did you just say that I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right so i gotta lead you in bro i can't right. just ask you that I mean, you know what again, i mean like, we repeat, got time but still like, repeating myself again financial house right so your grocery bill first right food then second is shelter, right? Utilities and your rent or mortgage. Third is clothing. Mm-hmm. Fourth is transportation. And then fifth is insurance. Life insurance. That's how you properly protect. I mean, that's not you protecting them, but from right. a financial standpoint, that's what you put in place. You need to get life insurance. Term life versus whole life. They're both better than no life. All right. Term life is you can usually get it for anywhere from 20, 25 years or 30 years. And it's recommending that you get 10 to 12 times your income. So if you make 50K, you would get at least 500,000. Okay. Now, the one thing, it, I got my term life during COVID, but it's believed, you know, they sort of made things harder, you know, because a lot during a pandemic of the entire world, everyone wants to get million dollar life insurance. Right. So some things might be a little different when you go get it, but you do have to get a physical. Okay. Right. And they give you, you know, an A plus, an A, you know, whatever you test on your physical. And that does impact. How much your premium is going to be just like if you're, you know, get a lot of tickets and you get a lot of accidents your premium is going to be higher gotcha same thing for life insurance depending you know what your blood work is on the physical you know if you're a smoker one you just like car insurance you might not get covered mm. so that that is the it's a possibility right that is that is the case with life insurance you know if you're a smoker not just cigarettes but marijuana you mean you can lie to them if you want but they are going to do your blood work gotcha so that that does impact it but the um, term life, it's so just but, just a just segue from that fitness, right? Bringing it back full circle, <laughs> right? Go ahead. If you <laughs> you got to stay in shape and take care of your body. Remember, I was telling you, if you don't put that work in on the front end, you'll end up paying for it and and time and medical appointments and and prescriptions on the back end. Well, now we can add insurance to that, right? If you don't have a if you're not healthy enough to get covered, right? Then not only are you uh, doing a disservice to yourself, you're doing a disservice to your legacy, right? And what are we talking about? Generational wealth. Okay, we need to make sure that your your kids are covered and your kids' kids are covered, right? We're trying to pass that down. No. So if you're not healthy, you can't get covered. If you can't get covered, no. you you know what I mean? You have nothing to pass down. No. So we got we're gonna have to. I told Jordan I have to. I'm gonna have to do the budget for CNFE so we can figure out because we still got to get a whole bunch of new equipment. Yes. After doing this, but 
I'm trying to save the generational wealth and the legacy talk for when my man, he's a pastor, okay. when he gets on. Because I got some, got some bio. Mm. For, for the black people, a lot of us grew up in church. I might be spiritual now. But yeah. most of y'all grew up in church. I got some Bible verses for y'all. But I'm gonna wait till we have a pastor on, so it doesn't sound like I'm just. Right. just I mean, y'all can y'all can y'all can quote me on the Bible <laughs> and see if it's right. But yeah, now we're mainly just talking about wealth. When we get into legacy and generational wealth, mm-hmm. whole new ball game, whole different way. When you see how things are marketed to us in society right. and how that's. I just I just don't want to. But I, I apologize. I didn't mean to, nah, to, to, to no, interrupt your answer. But I just that, wanted to tie it in where, no, you know, yeah, with the fitness, right? No, that's why I said you're going to be, you know, most of you are from a health standpoint or putting yourself in a position where you're going to pay for prescriptions that you can't even pronounce. Shout out to Patrice Washington for that. Mm. Y'all got to take the arrogance of not taking your health, taking care of your health and thinking you're going to be able to spend the wealth in, that you're working on building in your older age. Imagine taking care of everything else but yourself. Right. Yeah. Mm. And then on top slight switch you don't want to be put with people are now uh mostly baby boomers boomers and little early generation x they're in what's called the sandwich generation mm-hmm. which means you're financially responsible for your parents and your children <laughs> who got the money for that who who has the money for that right and then no nah, i'm not going to disrespect grandparents on this one gotcha I don't want to do that. Okay. But as you were saying, that the life insurance ties into the wealth and the legacy. Because if you unfortunately were to pass away early, you know, you leave a million dollars behind, not taxable, all clear cut, good to go. And you're talking about other things put in place to protect your family. This is all into the defense, but the estate planning, that's overall what this is. Your estate planning, that's where you have your wills, you have your life insurance, and you have like your passwords, so your account now, right? We're in the new age. Right. And everything's set up so that not if you pass away, but when, when, you know, the people, you know, if you're married, your spouse, they don't have to go through all this stress of figuring out where everything is at. That's the one thing I'm talking about finances. You're always going to have the, the emotional stress there, but right. we're going to do everything we can to eliminate the financial stress. You don't have to worry about, Hey, do I, do I not have enough money for this? Yeah. You got enough money for it. And you can just take, cause just think about a funeral. I've helped plenty of people who come in cause you know, funerals usually right. one week, one week turnaround. Exactly. Right? Seven days. White people, it's like two days. That's, I mean, that's not a joke. That's just what they say. Right. <laughs> they say black people, <laughs> we we don't stay dead longer, but we, I guess we don't, anyways, we don't spoil as fast. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, back to, remember on the last one, we were talking about the enemy of my friend, friend enemy. Mm-hmm. It's the enemy of my enemy. It's my, my friend. <laughs> we were close, weren't we? Probably not, but it's oh, okay. We got it right now. I can't wait to chop up that video. because. <laughs> But no, yeah, for uh, something like a funeral, right? High emotional, high emotional situation, very high emotional stress situation. But what do you want to, what do you want to do when you have your funeral? Sorry about this, y'all. Yeah, my, my, my dog we, we found his dog way out the creek. What's so, up, uh, he, It's all good. He's on the podcast today. No, but uh, so what do you want to do when a funeral comes into play? You want to be able to just get that cash, get that cash right out. But if you can't get the cash right away. Or if you might not even have the money in place to pay for the funeral, that's going to be a very, very stressful situation. And you want to put yourself in the position from set, setting up an estate plan. You're like, hey, this is what I want done for the funeral. And this is the money set aside. So that's what comes into play when it comes to protecting your family. And then again, also insurance on your car. You want to make sure you have the right amount of liability insurance. For most people, your liability insurance is probably... 
at around probably $100,000, especially if you have a lien on your car, you have a loan on it. But once you transition to buying a house, you need to be uh, in a position where your insurance covers all of your liabilities or quote unquote your net worth, not your net worth, but every all the assets that you have. Right. So your net worth is your assets minus liabilities. You just want to make sure your liability insurance covers all of your assets. So if you have a five hundred thousand dollar home and your liability and your car insurance is only three hundred thousand dollars, you're underinsured by at least two hundred thousand dollars. And yes, yes, your car insurance needs to cover all of your assets. All of them, because people people do get sued out here when they get into car accidents. Gotcha. So you want to be in a position where, if unfortunately, it might not even be your fault, but you go to court and you lose, right? And also, car insurance too. You can pay for lawyers with your car insurance as well and medical bills. And that's why I said necessities, debt payments, uh, investments, and then lifestyle. You invest. I mean, insurance is fifth. You right. put that proper insurance in place. That's defense. So you never have to worry about that again, but you don't want that. You only have to go back and update it, you know, as your wealth grows. And as you know, you have kids and things like that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. We need to make sure we protect our, you know, our kids, our legacy, right? We got to, the whole point that we, we look, we working on our reps we getting stuff ready, right? Build, Financially build. and fitness wise, but we, we want to make sure we leave. We, we do take the necessary steps to leave what is necessary behind. Right. Right. That muscle, that muscle memory. Try to get you to build the habits as fast as possible. Gotcha. Right? We keep teasing the generational wealth and legacy. And they're like, yo, that better be good. Right. Boy, look. Listen. I'm sorry. When these Bible verses get put up, I'm talking about the black church. I'm ending everything. Look. I don't care. <laughs> I, uh, that's, I've, so we got, we, we got to kind of prep y'all for that. We got to get y'all ready first. You can't just take that. Because uh, right. y'all going be, to be upset. So I, got, I got one more for you. Go okay, we have another one. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I know you kind of mentioned this high level before. I think we kind of talked about it, but there's two types of debt payment methods. I think you said it was the snowball and the avalanche, right? So we, we trying to, can you elaborate on that for us? Right. So on episode two, I said I was going to explain this and I didn't explain to the last 20 minutes. I meant to do like the whole spiel on it. <laughs> so episode two, we went into like, I mainly went into the types of debt there is not even good debt versus bad debt. I kind of laid them out. And then I also talked about credit score mm-hmm. and how all those different, you know, how all that ties into getting your credit score when you're handling that debt. So just go over again the good debt versus bad debt, but the types of debt, gotcha. right? And then we'll talk about paying them off. And I'll, I'll actually, I'm going to talk about it. The okay. snowball versus I was about to say, if not, I'll, I'll remind you. Right now, so, so people, <laughs> when it comes to ranking them. So the general debt we discussed were payday loans, credit cards. Um, we discussed car loans. We discussed mortgages. We discussed student loans. We discussed taxes. And then we also did home equity loans mm-hmm. and HELOCs, home equity lines of credit. Those are two different loans. And then we also discuss uh, personal loans and signature loans and then cash advances. Though every all that, all different types of debt, like as itemized and line item, like on an Excel spreadsheet and a one, two, three, and there's more debt than that. And we also talked about reverse mortgages a little bit, which mm-hmm. is age sixty two, you can take that out. But so now when it comes to paying off debt, so there's a debt snowball and there's a debt avalanche. The debt snowball I believe he gets credit for it was again back to Dave Ramsey. It's made famous by Dave Ramsey. Dave the debt snowball is you take all your debt and you rank um, the lowest balance to the highest balance, and then you pay them off in that order, regardless of the interest rate. Again, I'm gonna say it one more time. You rank them from the lowest balance Get to- Get your pen and paper, write this down. <laughs> you can play it back. <laughs> <laughs> you rank them lowest balance to the highest balance, and you pay them off in that order, regardless of interest rate. So now let's talk about something like credit cards. You know, I got $10,000 in credit cards, again, itemizing something and writing it down individually. If you have 
three credit cards, one is two thousand, one in two that one is two thousand, one is six thousand, you would have those each listed, you know, individual individually. So two, two and six for ten thousand dollars in credit card debt. Now for the avalanche, I don't know who gets credit for um making this, but the person <laughs> <laughs> We don't know. All right. But for the avalanche, you rank things highest interest rate to lowest interest rate and you pay them off in that order. Again, for the avalanche, you rank them highest interest rate to lowest interest rate and you pay them off in that order. And again, you itemize them. Now, I talked about credit cards, student loans. They get a little tricky because people could have student loans all over the place or you have one payment, Mm -hmm. but it gets dispersed to multiple loans. You can... You can really do that how you want to. I, I would say if that gets confusing where you have like 10 student loans, you make one payment that goes 10 different places. Mm-hmm. I would say rank things for the snowball um, high uh, lowest debt to highest debt by payments because that's really what's in your budget, right? You have that payment or the same thing uh, for the avalanche. You rank it with the whatever's the highest payment. That way you can see them because that's what's going to be in your budget. You're going to say, I got this payment for $500 for my student loans, even right. though it's going 10 different places. That's the easiest way. You can do it where you itemize each of those student loans. Yeah. But depending on who your lender is, it's usually Navion and they suck. <laughs> <laughs> they suck. I mean, they're, they're supposed to suck, but they're like the best at sucking. They suck. Um, th- it, That's a lot of work to like go in and say, okay, let me pay this loan, uh, you know, individually you right. know, on top of my payment. So, but you can do it that way. Again, like I said, I can help people set that type of stuff up. Mm-hmm. But no, so for the, let's stick with the debt avalanche. So the debt avalanche is faster than the debt snowball and you also save more money since you're paying off the highest interest rate now when i say it's faster and you save more money that is just strictly on paper where it is from northwestern i think it is Mm -hmm. people don't complete paying off debt when they use the avalanche method and that's because of they got the motivation, but not the discipline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not the discipline, and it also ties into your mental makeup. Mental makeup, right? And the remember, finance is more behavior than it is math and numbers. Just the the behavior, the mental makeup, or the discipline you gain from the avalanche, it's not possible to sustain it. And I wish I would have. I never made up examples for this for numbers because it's too many. Right. But just think again for the avalanche and the death snowball back to the budget you have to execute the same budget for both of these so you can't execute a different budget for one and other and say one worked but one didn't right and in the day if you're putting a thousand dollars towards your debt every month it truly doesn't matter whether you use avalanche or snowball the difference i've ran you know a whole bunch of different debt totals out there in interest rates right but it's not it's not a lot it's not like if you use the avalanche you're going to save a year versus the debt snowball that's not the case it might be a month or two so 60 days, guys. <laughs> and, you know, and that's time, but, right? We, right. But, it, it might be a month or two. And the snowball has a higher completion rate, right, versus the avalanche. And on top of that, we talked about getting money back into your budget. I was using my hands in that video. Get money back into your budget. Mm-hmm. The debt snowball, again, depends on the type of debt you have, is going to usually put money back into your budget faster than the avalanche because you're paying off the smallest debt faster. So you're going to get that minimum payment shoop, right. right back into your budget. I like to think of this the snowball. I think of more momentum, right? Like you gain momentum faster versus going the avalanches. Is, There's a whole know. bunch. I don't even know why they call it the avalanche. Like the snowball, you see, like it's going down, down. Avalanche just. That is all at once. Right? I'm not a graphic designer. Right. Like <laughs> we didn't. We didn't come up with these naming conventions, guys. But, they, they're there already. Right. No. But so for the the debt avalanche, and usually they they're about the same. 
as far as when they start off. It's when they transition towards the end. If you for people who have you know lots of debt and different types of debt, because most people your highest interest rate mm-hmm. and your lowest balance. What is that usually? Credit card. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. that's so. So now you're talking about again all the different types of debt. You got one credit card that's at fifteen percent and it has six thousand on it, and you got one credit card that's at uh ten percent and it has two, it has two thousand on it. Right. No, that's the same. No, yeah. So you pay the debt snowball. You pay off the two thousand first. Right. Right. But the avalanche, you pay off the six thousand first. It's like, man, that I don't know if y'all know how to. I, I actually said how to calculate the interest <laughs> on episode number two. Right. You have your um your APR, your annual percentage rate, mm-hmm. and then you divide that by twelve. Right. Because annual and finance terms is the same thing as yearly. Right. You divide it by twelve, and that's how much your percentage rate is per month. Right. So I don't know what's 15. I don't know what 15 is divided by 12. Oh, it's 1.8. Yeah, I think yeah. regardless of what it is, 15 percent to 10 percent. You know, that's not that big of a difference across three months. Let's say it's going to take you three months to pay off both of those debt. Right. To pay off eight thousand dollars in total. The, the interest accrued isn't that much. Now, it could be a lot from a whole number standpoint. Mm. Right. So I said you got to learn what to switch between percentages and whole numbers. Right. But. You know, however much debt you got at the end of the day, it's going to it's not it's not that much from a percentage standpoint, because I paid. What did I pay off? My student loan was like three hundred dollars mm-hmm. and interest accrued. And I pay it off in a little under a year. Gotcha. So, you know, three hundred three hundred out of fifteen thousand. It's less than it's less than one percent. <laughs> right. So you just got to That's what I'm talking about. It's all about executing that same budget and getting it paid off. So for the avalanche, you can reach the point where. Again, like we said, you're paying off your credit cards and then your student loan, Mm -hmm. depending on when you graduated, that might be higher than your car loan. And if you're if you get to your student loan and it's six figures and you still have your car loan, which is five hundred dollars, you tell me whether you want the slog of two plus years of paying off your student loan or getting that five hundred dollars back into your budget in under a year. That's to each, to each, again, you're going to save more money as faster this way, but people don't do it because when you get to that, the, if your biggest debt isn't your last debt, right? Motivation, discipline. That talk about being stressed so, tested up front, stress, man. yeah. Or what if, what if you just, like I said, you only have a student loan and a car loan, and your student loan is first, and it's a hundred thousand dollars. You've never paid off any debt before. You have no motivation or any discipline, right? You haven't built any habits to pay off debt. And that's the one thing, too, with the snowball. It builds those financial habits on budgeting. So, okay, we're going to pay this off in a couple of months, right? In a couple of months, you just keep doing the snowball. You just keep paying off, paying off. And that's what you get the benefit from the snowball, which Jordan and I both executed, him and his wife, and then myself individually, where you rank your, you put your lowest balance first, and then you have the highest, highest balance last, and you just pay it off and then as you just make progress and you just keep working it down now the one thing with debt mm-hmm. is and again like I, i've seen this like i said with the emergency fund like actual people explaining it with debt never nobody pays off a hundred thousand dollars in debt you just execute your budget at two three thousand dollars whatever it is towards your debt payments say you got to do it 24 times right. right and that that's what you do so you say i gotta do something 24 times and you go one two three then you get to 24 and you're done some people are like, especially if you want to pay off your mortgage aggressively, mm-hmm. that's usually hundreds of thousands of dollars. And they're like, we're never going to pay this off. You're right. You're never going to pay off $250,000 in mortgage debt. Right. You're going to do a budget, figure out how much money you have left over, and figure out how many times you have to execute that and be disciplined 
to get it out the way. Gotcha. So that, that that's the one thing when I say it, you can keep unraveling it. Right. That's what like actually happens. People try to pay off their debt and they get to a large amount and they just you know brain Freak fart and they bit. can't do it. And it's because they try to you know attack the big monster all at once. Y'all yeah. play RPGs. You know, got to do that, that yeah. chip damage. Exactly. <laughs> you know DPS. There's no, there aren't any spells and health potions in real life. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's called taking a break. Look. But yeah. Tying that back into that fitness perspective. You don't come back and try to squat. You know, you don't try to PR on the first day if you've never been to the gym, right? I'm not going in here and putting 500 pounds on a squat rack. Like, you got to work up to that. Get those reps in. Make sure you build up those habits, like Corey was saying, and tie them back in. Execute time after time and time. And then you build up and then you go do your right. PR, right? And then Attack also, the monster. yeah, also too, don't take out any more debt if you want to get out of debt. Right. That's what I should have said first. Don't add any more <laughs> levels, okay? You're right. peeling back the layers. Eventually, right. you would like to run out of layers, right? That's right. the goal. And then, like I said, I made the joke, but you know, once you get about, if you can do it under two years, I recommend doing that. Once you get about 18 months in, you're like, this is stupid. Yeah, it is stupid once you get 18 months in, but you want to have some debt paid off. Right. Because I was bringing up the negative AM loan situation last time about student loans. Mm-hmm. Imagine it's going to take you two years to get out of your student loan debt, right? And so you're going to pay off your car last and you only have car and student loan debt. Right. And it's going to take you, let's say, 20 months to pay off your student loans. <laughs> and you're 18 months in and you still have that minimum payment. You ha- you technically have made no progress from a budget standpoint. Back to the budget again. Right. You want the money. That's that's you want the money in your budget because most people a lot of financial issues. You, you low credit score. So, you have you don't have any credit accessible to you for those that want to use debt. You have an income issue per se. You don't make a lot of money. You have an outgo issue. Your expenses are high. You have no emergency fund in mm. place, and you're not in a high cash position where you can't cash flow a little expenses. Right. It's gonna be. A, I can. Fi- I can fix all of that. Actually, it's not. It's not that hard. But the first thing we're gonna try to do is get money back into your budget. Right. Or and, and get on a budget and stop money from leaking out. Right. No mm-hmm. going out to eat. Just having your grocery budget. Things like that. But when you get that money back into your budget, we talked about emergencies, right? right? Being able to cash flow. And that's what happens when you get that's both of us experience that. When you do the debt snowball and you get those debt payments back into your budget, mm-hmm. stuff is going to pop up because you gotta roll that dice and life happens. Life is going to happen. All the time. And you guys. wanna be able to cash flow those things as they pop up. So let's say you're kicking out a thousand dollars in debt payments, right? And you end up paying worth of debt payments off. So now you have $500 extra in your budget. So when your tires go out and you deem it an emergency because you're broke or anxious and depressed, as you say, no, you're financially stressed and you didn't have that $500 in your budget to get you some new tires. For Mm -hmm. those who got big old trucks and Jeeps, I know they cost more. Sorry. You should hope you make the money to pay. (laughs) I hope you make the money to pay for it. Right. But you don't have that $500 in your budget. And then, so what do you do? You go back into debt for a non-emergency right that it that you failed to plan right you feel and that's the thing you don't have to that's the one thing with finance like i said jordan can't do push-ups for you he can show you how to do them i can do i can do the whole financial thing for you You just gotta tell me how much you make and what your expenses are and that's why you see like a lot of athletes i call them triple a's athletes actors and artists Mm -hmm. they have people take over their whole financial thing yeah i you give me power of attorney don't don't give me power of attorney. I wouldn't do that. But right. <laughs> people, you know, people have investment professionals and they can make you know all their investment and financial decisions for them. Right. That's what we, fortunately you can do on the financial side of things. You if you don't have you just have to give me the answer to the question. You don't actually have to execute it. You just have to listen to what I tell you to do, and the progress will show up because X minus Y equals Z, and we're trying to get to Z. Yeah. I think that's the one place I think we differ on uh, finances oh, yeah. and, and oh, yeah. fitness, right? Like, Completely. 
A hundred, a hundred percent. Jordan can't do anything for you at all. You got to get out here and get this work. Okay. <laughs> I'll be there to coach you, but right, that's, yeah. that's all I got for no, you. Yeah, he's all completely right? useless. You're just, you'll be, you'll be watching like Jordan's in shape and he can show you how he got in shape. And my finances relative to my age and to the all statistics in America are relatively in shape, but I can like actually get your finances to where mine are at. Right. Jordan can't get you. He that's can't. it. Yeah. yeah. I'll be there. Like I said, coaching you on, but you got to put this work in. All right. So that, does that make you useless? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. But see what we're doing is we're actually encouraging them to not only be motivated, but disciplined, right? We're mm-hmm. still building up those habits. So then, they're going to put the work in, right? They're, right. they're, they're going to listen to me when I say you got to do these push-ups right. and you got to get those, you know, get those exercise yeah. minutes in on a, on a calendar week, uh, get those 150 minutes in, right? Right. You got to get those reps in. But that's what we both do, though. We Anti-single point of failure. You want to be independent. You're going to be dependent at the start, obviously, if you don't know what you're doing. But even from the fitness standpoint, you should know at least form and how to do, you know, gonna learn how to do push-ups, push-ups and sit-ups right. right you're gonna know different parts of your body and what you should feel at least on the workouts you do mm-hmm. to the point where you might not be able to do any new workouts but you should definitely be able to do the old ones right sustainability guys i need you to get in you need to learn not only just execute but learn along the way right so then you can maintain those habits right and that's the same thing with finance told you now it's like once you get the offense part where jordan and his wife are slow not slowly quickly quickly trying to speed ahead we we getting there (laughs) i told y'all to stop running faster than i can run you're gonna be be out of luck but as you start transitioning to the offensive side of things I said the questions are no longer going to be, you know, what should we do? And it's going to be, you know, how we do it and adding clarity for things you want to do. Because I can tell you what you should do for a budget. It's not that flexible. But when it comes to investments, I can't tell you what you should invest in. Right. I can tell you how to invest in certain things, real estate, you know, stocks, et cetera. Right. But I can't I can't tell you what you should do. And that's you know, that's where you start evolving. Yeah. And doing things on your own. Good stuff, bro. I yeah. appreciate you. That's, right. that's look, the that's, last question. That's all the questions I got for you yeah, today. That's all the questions today. Let's see if I had another fitness question for you. Go ahead. Go I ahead. had one. So recovery. Okay. Right. For workouts. Mm-hmm. Right. People get real sore. Not just when you start working out. You start working out and you do a lot. The next day is like, this is stupid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you feel, I mean, not disrespectful to people paralyzed, but like depending on what you do, if you've never exercised your back before and you do some back workouts, it could, yeah. Yeah. It could so get there. recovery, what are some things people can do from a recovery standpoint when they're working out? Okay. Good question. Um, so let's be clear. The first day of working out sucks, right? Like Corey said, like it's, it's just going to be. A process the key is to again build up those habits and come back um from a recovery standpoint uh let's start from the top so stretching right you need to make sure that you're stretching pre-workout as well as post-workout um recovery starts as soon as your your heart rate begins to normalize and slow back down so i know again shout out to finally fit um when we do our virtual classes on monday and wednesdays we always try to make sure we get down or get in a, a cool down stretch uh post-workout and it's only like a three to five minute stretch. It doesn't have to be anything um, super intensive. But the goal is to also, one, be able to um, control that heart rate and, and slowly uh, control it and lower it back down to it's below its um, target range when you're accelerating. Um, but the other goal in that is just to make sure you're stretching out your muscles. Um, the muscles that you just used <laughs> work pretty hard when you're doing your workout. Um and making sure that you, you cool your body down properly. So the first thing is to make sure you stretch um, post-workout. Um, second, I would just make sure that you are eating properly. So this is where diet comes into play. You have to make sure that you're giving your body what it needs to not only recover from the workout that you just completed, but make sure that you're getting ready for your next workout tomorrow. And that's when 
um, the breakdown for macros comes into play and making sure that your body is uh, calorically aligned to your goal as well as consuming enough protein to be able to allow your body to recover. So there are three different types of macros. There's proteins, uh, fats, and carbs, but proteins come into play um, specifically for the recovery process because I think I mentioned this before when you're your muscles are, are ripping, you're actually breaking the proteins in your body apart, and then you're adding protein in when you're when you're eating, when you're consuming it to allow that muscle to recover and form into a basically a bigger muscle. So it's almost like ripping, repair, and then it recovers into a a, a, a larger muscle than it was before. So make sure that you're consuming enough protein um, post-workout. I would recommend, I mean, I personally do shakes, right? I mean, I think I have a couple of of people again in the fit fam that are that are now taking the protein shakes yes these are actually these actually taste good i've done a, a couple in my life that all taste horrible yeah these one what what's I, the brand is it collagen? i think the brand the brand is collagen it's uh it's uh the brand itself i think well the name is collagen the brand itself is grass-fed mm. but i i highly recommend it um get it at mom's yes mom's get it at mom's. i think it's usually about third i want to say 33 dollars yeah they have a set it's on spot our part of the country in Maryland is twenty one dollars ninety nine cent. Look, ten dollars back in the exactly. budget. Exactly. See, I didn't pick up two. Shout out to moms. Um, <laughs> but yeah, saying all that to make sure that you are consuming the right amount of protein. Um, also for those shakes, you, you just want to make sure you mix it up. So, like Corey said, sometimes uh, consuming those protein shakes can be a little dull. You want to make sure that Burn. you're <laughs> incorporating the right ingredients so you can you can get them down. Um, but definitely doing shakes if you don't if you're not a shake person or um, you just want to consume a different type of protein in general. You can always just eat an extra serving size of lean meat. So I recommend like some grilled chicken, uh, 30 minutes to 30 to 60 minutes post following a um, post a workout, uh, grilled chicken. You can have some fish. Um, I would try to stay away from your red meats, but if you absolutely have to have some steak, you can do that too. Uh, we'll get into that. Another episode. We'll talk about, um, what you should actually eat. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, moderation and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so just make sure you're consuming protein. Stretching, uh, consuming protein, and sleep. I know we talked about this before, but making sure you're getting the recommended hours of sleep. Uh, I recommend four to six hours. I'm not going to go into the cycle. If you want to hear about those details, listen to episode two. All right. So I'm, I'm going to plug us back in there. Right. We're <laughs> going to be at the point where we got enough where y'all can binge watch. Exactly. Right, that's about to be episode 10. We got a day's worth of content for y'all. Right. <laughs> We're putting this time in. All right. So you have some stuff to listen to. But um, yeah. So definitely make sure you're getting enough sleep, eating what's necessary, and stretching. And I think that's it for immediate recovery processes. I would, I would, and I would definitely say you, those are at least the top three that you got to get. In. There are other things, right? Like, right. I was I mean, going to bring up the Epsom salt bag. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, you can definitely do the, the Epsom salt, right? So Epsom salt kind of has um, is associated with certain recovery properties. You definitely want to make sure you are taking it in a bath format. I know we're we're adults and a lot of guys are probably like, oh, man, I don't want to take baths anymore. No, take a bath. Yeah, OK, get a pedicure too. listen, take care of your body, bro. <laughs> listen, I, I'm not going to act like Drink I, I, water. I, yes. Water plug every episode. We're going to make sure you guys are consuming enough water. That in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> Look, <laughs> drink enough water. Okay. On the soundboard. Look. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. We're just going to sh- make sure we keep getting all these daily plugs in. Um, what, what is Epsom? Like, what does it do, though? Like, why? Or do you know why? You probably. Uh, so, no, I don't have yeah. the actual scientific answer right. of what Epsom salt I, does. It's put it like this it says it on the bag. It does. <laughs> 
the directions they pour Epsom salt into a nice hot warm bath and soak <laughs> soak muscles for right. about fifteen to twenty minutes. The but question it, is, does it work? It it does. Okay. I I listen. I am I a, use it too. It does work. I was just being facetious. <laughs> it does. <work. laughs> I'm an avid uh, consumer of of Epsom salt, right? So I, I I've used it for uh, collegiate sports. I've used it now in my my trainer lifestyle, and it it works, man. If you're ever just sore and you you need uh, some type of immediate relief. You can use Epsom salt. There are also tools now, so I, I recommend um, massages, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. So there, there are tools that you can use now where you can actually give yourself a pretty, a pretty ample massage. Um, and I would definitely me- recommend um using those massage tools to beat out problem areas. So particularly for me, like my quads get really sore after leg day, uh, biceps if you if you've really pushed on you know arm day hammies exactly hamstrings you just want to make sure those things stay loose right you got if you're going to continue to work those major um major muscle groups you got to make sure that you you loosen them up uh recover properly properly and execute accordingly right and if y'all are listening jordan just told y'all to spend some more this episode is just laughs we've just been laughing so much that's three episodes in and the comfortability is is peak oh, shape yes. but Off no charts. again jordan you know gotta spend money on your health mm-hmm. right and that's back to the financial house remember i said you feed your not just feed yourself but you take care of yourself first then your house and then your car right, right. those are the three main things transportation your building that you live in your building the house that you live in <laughs> and then you take care of yourself that's where the fitness comes into play and that's sort of in that insurance section right where you know, you might need to go see your doctor, like if you haven't seen one, or go see your doctor more. Right. You might need to get a personal trainer. Back to the grocery bill, the first thing, you might need to add these protein shakes or et cetera, you know, into your diet so that you can pay for these things and actually live a better life so you have energy to have more money to invest in, pay off that faster, and live a certain lifestyle. Right. So right. you definitely got to tie them in together, guys. You, you it, you got to make sure you maintain your fitness as well as your finances. Right. Right. And then, so when it comes to like recovery, like how do, how do I recover for putting all this work into the budget? You can't, <laughs> what, what are you, what are you going to recover from? I'm joking. So <laughs> the one I'm going to get, cause we're coming up on it. I did. I, I forgot to actually explain like what the debt snowball and avalanche means, like how you pay it off and you use that next payment. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sloppy. I'm so sloppy, but this ties into the the debt paying off debt because that's usually when people get stressed out and they need to recover. Again, back to setting goals and prioritizing things. You need a plan. If you know you're going to pay off your debt, mm-hmm. let's say in two years. Again, I keep saying two years. That's the goal. And that's usually how long it takes. Right. 18 to 24 months. If you can do it in two years and you're saying, hey, I need some, a recovery method, you would look at your budget, see how much money you have in discretionary income or leftover mm-hmm. and see how much money you can spend and still hit your goal in 24 months. That's how you quote unquote, take a break when you're paying off debt. Right. Cause the, again, the, everyone has their different timeline, right? Obviously, again, like I said, if you come up on five years, we're going to have to change it up. But if you want to get out of debt in 30 at worst case, 36 months and under, I really don't care what you do as long as you get out in the date that you set. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing I did. Two of my best friends got married, both destination weddings, paying off debt. Went to both of them, and we had bachelor parties. So mm. you know we was at the strip club. Having Shout out to time. Showcase Theater. Hey. So I, when I talk about being on a budget, right, and not spending money, I didn't I didn't do that. I still, like I said, I went to two destination weddings, 
was in both of the weddings for guys who know Men's Warehouse, like 200. I almost know the price down to the dot. It's like 238, right? Yeah, something like that, 260. Right? That's Depends on the accessories. Right. And then the second one, it was in Puerto Rico, and there was a Men's Warehouse there, but man, they had that hurricane in Puerto Rico. So they end up closing. Gotcha. So if you don't return the suit back the next day, you got to pay an extra fee. So we had to we had to pay that extra fee because there was no there was no men's warehouse in Puerto right. Rico. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that that's that's really how you have a recovery method in your budget. And really with anything when it comes to even if you're investing and you want to you really shouldn't take a break off of your investing, but again, as long as you can hit your goals and then spend that discretionary income somewhere else. And that's fine for you to do. And the, to tie that same uh, concept back into fitness, just pl- uh, plan for fun, more or, right. more or less, right? If you if you know you have a specific goal and you're on track to hit your fitness goal, you can plan. Remember, we were talking about those where we're, we're condensing our exercise down into a five a five day week, right? You're gonna plan for fun on your your two off days, right? You right. can. It is okay to, and we're gonna talk about diet another episode. It is, it is okay to stick to your your, your calories, but then on your fun day, you know, go outside of your, your caloric allotment, right? If you want to have that ice cream Sunday, that's a large with all the extra toppings. That's cool. As long as you're not doing that every day, plan for fun, right? Yeah. Cheat days. Exactly. No cheat days on a budget though. Don't go back into debt. Yes. That's you don't, you don't. Exactly. (laughs) And don't don't cheat on your, don't cheat on your diet to the point where you are no longer disciplined to hit your goal. Right. It, It is okay to take a break. It's not okay to stop. Right, right. Because okay. like for we have our cardio challenge, we got to do sixty miles. Jesus, yes. I, already, I mean, I already did it, but still, we got a prize. Whoever gets the most, it wasn't the first one to sixty. It's whoever gets the most. So I got to keep doing it. Listen, we've been Jordan's brother-in-law the- is out here. <laughs> Anyways, putting in those miles this month, guys. But for something like if you have to do cardio, like I don't like running, right? But I will go out here and play basketball for an mm-hmm. hour or two. That's say, that's. Same thing, just exactly. different exercise, but it's something I'm motivated and disciplined to do. I am neither motivated nor disciplined. I'm only doing it because it's a challenge, like, because, you know, I'm competitive. Other than if it's just like, look, if there wasn't a prize, I'd already be done. I would have did 60 as fast as possible, then I would have stopped. <laughs> but this also goes back to that mental, mental makeup, makeup. Yeah, right? Yeah, so we tied it full circles. I, I, so I know from the, the fitness side, right, I know making things a challenge usually motivates people to to kind of do a little bit more above and beyond right. with their usual um effort level would yeah, be right where your so, brain caps you at right right when you think you're about to quit you're probably about 50 percent there exactly i'm not about to do 120 miles i mean i don't actually i mean we got about seven days left listen you know, we got six so y'all are pushing we are we We're, i think our daily average went from you know people doing about two or three miles a day to i think people are knocking out like, like four, six, six plus miles, easily yes, yesterday was a lot of threats yeah yesterday it was people were shooting at the hip it's probably almost 30 miles put in there yesterday Collective. as a group yeah and i was like these fools bro what are they doing like just stop <laughs> let me get the dub shout out to the fit fam look walking running we getting it in all right right but to clean up about the debt snowball and debt avalanche. I actually didn't explain. I'm so stupid. <laughs> I'm so stupid. You got this. We got so, time. Self-deprecation. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to the debt snowball or the debt avalanche. So let's say simple math here so I don't forget. You have five you have five different debt payments. One for a hundred dollars, one for two, three, four, five hundred. Let's say you're doing the debt snowball. And let's say you have five hundred dollars and leftover money or discretionary income. If you're going to try to get out of debt as fast as possible, mm-hmm. you're just paying for your necessities at this point, and then we're talking about your debt payments, not paying for anything else. So that $500 you would have left over after your finan- at the end of your financial house, you would put that towards the $100 minimum payment in your debt snowball. 
So once you pay that off, you now have that $100 back into your budget. And now that $100 would snowball into mm-hmm. your $500 you were putting towards that $100 minimum payment. Right. And now you have $600. Now you're putting that $600 towards your $200 minimum payment. And once that's done, you now have $800 in your snowball. 800 go to three. That's 11. Right. right? 11 going to four. That's 15. And now you're putting $1,500 towards your $500 minimum payment, which is a total of $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. You see how you and picked up momentum there? Right? Yeah, that's the snowball. Avalanche is the same way, just the order in which you're going to pick them up is going to be different. But that's what the, how you do the snowball and the avalanche. Just keep rolling that money over and over. And if you're looking at how am I going to, again, your student loans, yeah. right? You're going to need that two racks to put towards the student loans. You're going to need, you're going to need, or the biggest debt, whatever it is, you're going to need as much money as possible because mm-hmm. you're going to be fighting the biggest beast out of all your debt. You need to have everything you can in your repertoire as far as your leftover to actually knock that out. Right. Yeah. A lot of people, you're trying. It's like, you don't, you don't <laughs> climb out Everest first, right? right? You know, you got to climb some smaller mountains right. first, right? Yeah. Get your, get your, your game up. Yeah. But people be trying to, if you, I mean, not a lot. I don't know what the number is, but mo- a lot of people have six figures, really 75K plus in debt mm-hmm. for their student loans. If even if you put 2K a month towards it, how much is that? Y'all, that's $24,000. That's going to take you three years to get out of. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about you need to make more money and right. really be on a budget. And you're saying, well, how can I pay it off in two years? Well, as I said, if you got six figures in student loan debt, your, in- your income should match. And if it don't, you got the society wrong has failed you i call stu- i say student loans are credit cards cancer and aids all in one mm-hmm. it's just that it's just that bad for our generation it's terrible mm-hmm. i should okay let's keep let's go a little bit a little let's bit go, let's go let's not let's not end on that. <laughs> no you can you can get out of the student loans again we're talking about the federal forgiveness mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff student loans are not as hard to get out of as people think they are. The issue is if you've unfortunately made use of all these government programs, the deferment, the forbearance, you have created a bigger monster to fight for yourself, which Mm -hmm. is why I recommend getting out of debt as fast as possible. Right. Usually you can't, let me think, not not many other types of debt have the programs in place for you to essentially not make the payment. That's student loans have, excluding the COVID relief where you don't have to do anything for them. There, there's no deferment for car loans. I mean, you can call your bank right. and set something up with them, but like they're going to want that money. You, you got to get out the student loans. But again, this is why we recommend if you, if you, for those of you who have younger siblings, right in that late middle school, high school age, no student loan debt. I don't care. Yes, go to get an associate's community college. Take eight years because I don't. Everyone's talking about we need it forgiven. Right. Then the. The voice of no one taking out any more student loan debt mm-hmm. should be so loud. It should be as loud as the forgiveness one. But y'all keep people couldn't keep putting people in the pipeline. Right. So it's still coming down. Right. right. I, I don't. I, I don't get that. Yeah. So that's crazy. All right. Do you have any more fitness stuff? I think I'm good. Yeah. Okay. I have more finance stuff. So that that's more of a positive note because I told y'all y'all get out the student loan debt even though you think you can't. That's how we end it. Right. We end it good. You let's. You want to plug? Oh yeah. Shameless plugs. All right. I, I'm uh Jesus. I'm I'm not tired. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so you can follow me at sideline underscore Corey. Again, that's sideline underscore Corey. Corey is spelled C O R Y. Sideline underscore Corey. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. 
Twitter. You can come on Twitter, but if you want the financial stuff, y'all. If for those for those who use Twitter, you already know it'll be on Twitter. The financial stuff is on Twitter because we on Twitter. Yeah, we on Twitter. But (laughs) we're gonna get into our podcast files one of these days. Yes, I guess another doing shameless plug. So we have podcast files. If you ever see us on Twitter, we'll mention each other and we'll put the podcast microphone and then the file emojis. And that's something we're going to discuss on the podcast at a later time. Mm-hmm. That's when I talk about, you know, upset a lot of married men because a lot of, we yeah. have, it's Late, a lot of, it's a lot of files in there. We got to have women on the show because they don't want to, you know, not have women, some women on here to right. talk about from their perspective. Cause we don't want to be the y'all hate women. I mean, shh. We don't hate women, but how y'all take it? How y'all take it? I don't don't tone. Look, <laughs> y'all, if y'all know us in real life, don't even tone police me. Right. I don't. I remember when I said I had. I don't know how to. I don't care. I don't care how y'all feel about the tone. <laughs> but in short, ladies, I really want to know what the definition of a broke dude is, like the exact amount, either for your area or in general. Because when we when we get into the podcast files, some of the viral tweets and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why I said married men. I'm a, it's, I'm hurting y'all based off of what the women, what the women have said. <laughs> so I got some different numbers, but yeah, we got the podcast files on deck. We'll get into those. Got you. All right, your your shameless plug turn. Gotcha. <laughs> you can follow me at Stop Stalling J. That is S T O P S T A L L I N G J A Y on Twitter, on Instagram, on. Pretty much everything. You know, I think I think I think I'm stop stalling Jay on anything social media. So if you type it in and look for my face, like I'll be on there smiling like this. Yeah, okay. for, yeah. Don't don't you can click off of YouTube. I should have told on YouTube, don't go to that part where you see Jordan smile. <laughs> 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 no, and then your business page. You can follow us at finally fit O six. So that's F I N A L L F I T Zero Six on Instagram as well as YouTube. All right. And then you can check us out at www.finallyfit.live. We have, we have a website. And we offer virtual classes on Monday and Wednesdays. Guys, come check us out. Yes, give Jordan and his wife money. <laughs> if y'all join, if y'all join the Monday and Wednesday, I'll be there too. Listen, yeah, and then also YouTube channel Corden in full effect. Mm-hmm. I'm working on getting the videos up there. I had to learn how to do all the iMovie stuff, so I'm pretty good on that. Still got another video to watch, but we're gonna get more of the videos uploaded so they're not just on our social media. So y'all can go, to, you'll go to YouTube. And you can see more shortened clips of when we think we're saying good stuff for y'all. You don't have to watch the full hour and a half, two hours. Right. <laughs> I think. I think. <laughs> but listen to us, though. We, right. Yeah. We listen want to, to us. But yeah. To hear us. Subscribe and you can leave your comments there for any questions or concerns. Again, our email is Corden, F-E. Corden is C-O-R-D-A-N. And then another N. So mm-hmm. two N's back to back. And then F-E at gmail.com that's good all right I that it that yeah. sound all good okay so i'm Corey. i'm jordan and remember to save more and say less and keep making better your best and we will catch y'all next time all right guys <laughs>